In order to heal Thor, he had to be reunited with the last of the Guardians. We'll get into the Ahmed Rosario, Noah Syndergaard swap. The big news of the day, what it means for the Guardians, what they gained, what they lost, why they did it now. And we'll get into the Kansas City Series win and looking ahead to the weekend against the White Sox as the Guardians are two games back of the AAL Central on today's Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Justin Latta, your host today of Lockdown Guardians, as Jeff continues to enjoy his vacation. Uh, let's get right to it. There's nothing really to, to wait around on. And I got to be honest with you guys. I I don't know if that op- opening uh, line lands with anybody about Thor and reuniting the Guardians to, to heal. I, unpopular opinion, I have never seen an Avengers movie. I think I saw like 20 minutes of the Black Panther, the first one. Um, I haven't seen any of the Avengers movies, none of them. So... Thor and the Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, that could mean something. Maybe that could mean nothing. I have no idea. So I was just using that line to, to kind of connect the dots there a little bit. Uh, let me know in the comments how wrong I was if you are a fan of the of the Avengers movies because I have, like I said, never seen one. So I have no idea if that if that lands at all. Anyway, uh, Med Rosario should be landing in L.A. anytime soon to join his new team, the Los Angeles Dodgers, that trade kind of came, I want to say came out of nowhere. I thought it was kind of odd that both Tyler Freeman and Gabby Arias were playing on, on Wednesday afternoon because, as we all know, Chick-fil-A is open on Wednesdays. Uh, Zach Meisel gave us that great uh, flow chart on when when Tyler Freeman starts or not. Uh, they did let Jose Ramirez get a day at DH, which is you know pretty normal, but to have both of them in on the same day, and one, they're both playing the infield, very, very odd. Uh, so that timing of that was very curious. I kind of I didn't I didn't think there was a trade going on necessarily, but I thought it was a little odd that both of them were in the lineup and Rosario was sitting there. Um, so this must have been in the works for a couple of hours, maybe a couple of days. Who knows? Interesting that the Dodgers had interest in Ahmed Rosario because they have gone out and they have made a bunch of trades to shore up their infield. Um, you know, they had gone out and got Pat Vileka, who is Chris Vileka's brother. To play infield, they went out and got Kike Hernandez, a former Dodger from Boston, who was over in Boston. They didn't trade, shared a couple of bullpen arms for him. Uh, Kike Hernandez had, you know, some value. He was not a good player this year, but had some value because the Red Sox got a couple of relievers that were uh, close to making an impact for the Red Sox, at least guys they could use relatively soon. And then they went out and they traded for Ahmed Rosario. On Wednesday, in their turn, the Guardians get uh, Noah Syndergaard from the Dodgers, who uh, this year I have to look at the money. I believe he is getting he was getting 13 and Ahmed was getting 7.8. So there is, you know, a six million dollar difference. I don't know what's left on both those contracts. Uh, the Dodgers are sending money to Cleveland to, you know, shore up the financials, which makes sense. So the Dodgers don't really gain anything in terms of financial flexibility. They are just loaded I wouldn't. I shouldn't say loaded in terms of talent, but they are loaded at middle infield options because they've just struggled this year to have that, considering all the injuries they've had. Um, so I, I truly didn't think there was a market for Med Rosario. Like, 
I have been saying for a few weeks now, this is going to be a boring trade deadline across the sport and for the Guardians. I just didn't see it happening. I didn't see where they were going to make any moves. I kind of thought the Guardians would just try to ride it out and hope to stay in the race until September if Bieber and McKenzie came back healthy and see what happens. See if some guys, you know, tick up towards the end and maybe get a little bit healthy. Um, so a week before the trading deadline, they do move a Rosario, which is kind of a surprise. But the fact that they got Noah Syndergaard back, and only Noah Syndergaard, uh, I'm not surprised by, truthfully. I think, I don't know what people were really expecting. Uh, not a lot of market out there. I think the fact that's what they came back with um, suggests that there wasn't a big market. I think that uh, there wasn't a whole lot of suitors out there for Rosario. And this return absolutely shows that. Uh, I, the fact that it was a week before, though, is kind of surprising. I think they they might have just taken a deal when they had one. This was, you know, Noah Syndergaard give, can potentially give them some innings through the end of the year. Um, the fact that they got something in return they felt was helpful this year, somebody they could use this year rather than to get them through, rather than, you know, getting a, a low-A prospect or something. I'm sure they could if they had asked. I think uh, the money, the Guardians taking on some of the money for Noah Syndergaard obviously helps the Dodgers out a little bit, even if they are paying off some of that contract. Getting a low A player who makes, you know, 20000 is a lot different for the Dodgers than it is for the Guardians. So the Guardians probably maybe could have had their pick of a of, uh, random low A guy or high A guy. Uh, instead, they get cash and, and Noah Syndergaard from Rosario because they can use. Noah Syndergaard here relatively soon. He is on the injured list. Uh, he had blister issues. I guess he was, he made a, a rehab start on July 24th um, and a rehab outing. I should say it wasn't really a start. It was uh it was five innings on July 20, 21st. He was supposed to make the next one Thursday. Uh, he made on the 21st for the Dodgers triple A team. He pitched five innings, give four runs, struck out two. He didn't uh, walk a batter, give up six hits. We'll get into more about Noah Syndergaard in a little bit, but as I said, I just I don't think there was truly a major trade market for Ahmed Rosario out there. There weren't a lot of teams out there that needed shortstops. Honestly, that all all the contenders kind of have that position shored up, if you will. I mean, look if you look at the standings, uh, the Braves, you know, they had an All Star there. They could get better, but I don't think Ahmed Rosario was. They did want a bench bat, which I thought was interesting. The Braves maybe could have been a fit for that. The Rangers have a shortstop. The Twins aren't trading with. The Orioles have a shortstop. The Rays have a shortstop. The Blue Jays have a shortstop. The Red Sox are getting Trevor Story back here in a few days. And the Yankees have a shortstop. The Brewers have a shortstop. The Reds, yeah, they've they've got a shortstop. I think he's pretty good. The Marlins, yeah, whatever. The Phillies have a shortstop. I mean, nobody nobody needed this guy. And, and then I don't even know if the Dodgers needed this guy. Like right now, Miguel Rojas is their starter. Like I said, they went out and reacquired Kike Hernandez. They have Chris Taylor, who doesn't really play shortstop, um, just because they didn't have Gavin Lux all year for his torn ACL. So there wasn't really a market for him. So I think the fact that Guardians got anything for him just shows, like, truly the market, this was it. That was it. Uh, that was the only trade that was out there. They took it. And I think the trade wasn't necessarily, yeah, I know a Syndergaard might be able to eat innings for the Guardians if he comes back healthy through the end of the year. They talked about needing a pitcher to to throw throw some innings, and, and 
They didn't want to go back to Zach Playsack. They didn't want to go back to Hunter Gaddis, all that kind of stuff. So that helps them out a little bit. But is the Rosario trade more of, you know, let's unclog our middle infield thing? That's that's the thing I think we're finally getting to, right? Is that are they finally able to unclog their middle infield jam? They have interesting. <laughs> this is really interesting. The, the Dodgers just announced the trade on Twitter. Uh, he, they announced him as an infielder outfielder, which is, is pretty generous. Obviously, uh, he played, you know, some outfield here, not a lot. Very interesting. Uh, it didn't go very well. The money is a wash by the way. So the guardians are paying the same amount, no matter if they had Rosario or Syndergaard. So truly it's just about clearing up roster space for Gabriel Arias for Tyler Freeman for, Maybe Ryan Rocchio. Uh, depends on what they do with Jimenez now. And really, if they can get somebody who could potentially uh, throw some innings for them that could be of any value. So obviously, Syndergaard was pretty good uh, once upon a time. Not the case now. So I just don't think there was really a market for Rosario all that much when it came down to it. Um, everything's kind of even, and... <laughs> The Dodgers are getting somebody that can help off the bench. The Guardians are getting kind of a warm body. We'll see what he looks like when he comes back. It hasn't been pretty for, for Syndergaard this year. I think this is more about the open roster spot for the Guardians. Yes, the innings are valuable, but uh, now they have a chance to improve themselves defensively and find out whether they win or lose the rest of the year in terms of the division. And they're only two back, as we will talk about today's game shortly. Um, no matter what they do, they at least get some playing time for other guys and help out their roster a little bit in the short term. And hopefully that makes them a little bit better in the long term. Uh, we'll talk about what the guardians are losing, what they're gaining, what Rosario could do in LA that you might not be thinking about that. Uh, I'm sure will frustrate some fans who gets the next crack at shortstop uh, more about Noah Syndergaard and we'll get more into the, Dodgers, I'm sorry, I think Guardians, series win over the Kansas City Royals. We saw the game to talk about, and it was a good game. Uh, coming up next on Lockdown Guardians. All right, well, if you are planning a summer barbecue, maybe you want to have a trading deadline uh, party to get together. Just kidding. That's not a thing, but it would be fun. If the trading deadline was a big deal, like it used to be, you could have a little party to get together. You could pick up some burgers and dogs and some brews for some friends. Um, you could get cash back with Ibotta. Uh, Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of items you, from produce, personal care to pantry goods. So you can make sure you're beating inflation with what you're getting. Uh, you can either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop to get your cash back. It's very easy. Other apps will give you points that don't really amount to much. With Ibotta, you get real cash back that you can cash out to your bank account or through PayPal or gift cards. So when you're planning that summer event, even, even come to Labor Day, if you're starting to shop, consider using the Ibotta app to give yourself some money back while you're doing some shopping because money uh, is not infinite right now, especially with the the interest rates going up. So right now, Ibotta is offering, offering our listeners $5.00. Uh, for just trying about it. So use the code MLB when you register. You could just go to the app store, the Google Play store, and download the free Ibotta app and use code MLB. 
That is I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store. Use code MLB and you will get $5 just for using the app. Guardians will be in Chicago to start a four-game series with the White Sox Thursday night at 810 local time. Listen to Tom Hamilton and Jim Rosenhouse call the action on your SiriusXM app. All you have to do is search Guardians to find the broadcast. Okay, here's the one angle I'm going to look at the Rosario thing for positively. Look, I know some people have accused Jeff and I of not liking the Met. It's not a, it's not a personal thing with the Met. It never has been. It's just the way he was played here and and his skill set being underutilized, not really fitting. Um, you know, the offense this year, the offense in the last two years was streaky, but at the end of the year, he always ended up in a, a league average bat. That hasn't really happened yet this year. He was still kind of climbing out of that early hole. Defense has never been a big thing for him, but he had positive traits, right? There were things that, that Amad Rosario can do well. It's not like he's not a good major league player. He obviously, the Dodgers think he can provide some value to him, to that team. and he's going to get signed in the off season when he becomes a free agent by somebody who's going to start him somewhere. I don't know where it'll be in what position, but the guy has useful skills that make him a major league baseball player still. And, you know, obviously he never reached his full potential as a top prospect back in the day, but the things we talked about that he does well, that can be utilized are his speed, his ability to hit lefties, the contact rate. Um, you know, he does have a little bit of pop from, you know, facing left-handers. There are things he does well. What's interesting is that he'll probably go to Los Angeles. You know what's going to happen here is that he will probably play against lefties. I don't know who they'll start against righties. I, I mean, maybe a med will start against righties, but I could see them playing him mostly against left-handers and using him as a pinch runner and replacing him with Miguel Rojas late for defense, who's a good defender at shortstop. And he'll probably do well in that role because – he can hit lefties, and he can run the base as well. If you maximize those two things with, with Ahmed Rosario, and the Dodgers felt like they needed to get better versus left-handed pitchers. That's that's one thing that I think was out there, was they wanted to get better against left-handed pitching. That's why they reacquired Kike Hernandez. Um, the Dodgers did, uh, when they tweeted the announcement, they said that uh, Rosario is an infielder outfielder. So I wonder if the Dodgers might be interested in and moving him to different positions. That's something the Guardians tried to do, but didn't really ever get too far down the road with. They tried a couple times and just never worked. Maybe the Dodgers will make it work with him. I don't know. If those things happen, though, I think a lot of people are going to be upset in Cleveland if if things like that, if that, if he's utilized that way and he and it pans out and he ends up helping the Dodgers, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised at all. The other thing that I think we have to look at too is the human side of things. Um, you know, obviously we know Ahmed Rosario is well liked in the clubhouse. He's a team leader. I know everyone, you know, talks about his the loyalty to him and his, his friendship with Jose and Miles Straw and, and uh, just being one of the good examples in the clubhouse. This is a team that's very, still very young. They are still the youngest team in the league and they're going to get younger if if Brian Rocchio comes up at all to replace him or or however they want to decide to use that roster spot. In the meantime, they do need a starter, I believe, um, on Friday. So that might be it. I don't think it'll be Syndergaard. Although it could be. Syndergaard was due to pitch tomorrow. 
on Thursday, and uh, he has two rehab outings. So I guess it's possible that his next start could come uh, Friday night in Chicago. That would be interesting. Uh, but there's some veteran leadership lost here. Let's be honest about this. This is a young team. And I think, I think veteran leadership is a, a, a tough thing not to have for this team right now. I know things went very well last year. You had a lot of, a lot of young guys that came along and did well and, and kind of didn't have a whole lot of rookie pains and they're kind of going through it right now. I think having a Rosario for something like that is is useful they don't have a lot of that in the locker room i mean jose ramirez is kind of a leader by example and i think Ahmed is too for that fact um but i think one of the things that's going on here is that in 2016 this team was still was still somewhat young they had some guys who had been in the league didn't have a lot of success in terms of winning they had the 2013 wild card and after that um but you didn't have a lot of guys who were in the locker room to step up and that was mike napoli and I don't, I don't think that Ahmed was necessarily a vocal leader, but they might have needed a, a, a voice in the locker room who could stand up, and they may still need this, to stand up and like talk about when things are not going their way and, and they get away from fundamentals and they do things that they need to do to win. They don't have that. I don't, I don't even know if Ahmed was that guy, but we do know that Ahmed was a veteran presence in the locker room and he did have an impact in terms of his relationships and the off the field stuff, that stuff does matter. Okay. I know everyone wants to sit here and quantify every last metric that you can. And I'm all for that. Trust me, Jeff and I both love stats. We both love digging under the, under the hood to find, um, you know, unmeasured success that you can quantify, but these are real human beings. And this is a very young team and they do need veteran leadership. And if Ahmed was one of those guys they followed in terms of examples, I'm not saying they're just going to forget everything that he did or any, everything that they're not going to fall in, out of the end of bad habits or worse habits because he's gone. But, you know, they do lose kind of a veteran voice in that locker room who had been here for a couple of years that they won with last year that did set a good example for, for young players, especially with how many were on this team. So there is that side to things. I think it's worth acknowledging those things that Ahmed did well. And those, like I said, all those things might show up well for him in LA. Um, an interesting timing for the trade too. I'm not sure why the guardians decided now to do this. I think it really, they just reached a point where it was time to give other guys playing time. I joked last week or a couple days ago on the podcast, if you were listening, I said, uh, really have to play the money ball, uh, scene out where, um, the fake Billy bean walks into art house offense in that movie. And, he says, the lineup is yours to fill out, but you can't put Carlos Pena in the lineup because he doesn't play the athletics anymore. That's what they had to do with Rosario. He wasn't going to, he was going to keep playing until he was traded. Um, I think some of that was trying to increase his value, whether it was a free agent value, whether it was trade value, whether it was he was going to start turning it around and get really hot and this team was going to start winning. A lot of that just never happened. And they got something of value. They had shortstops to play, right? They have shortstops to play. They feel like they're going to get some innings from Noah Syndergaard, who should be back here soon. And I don't even know if Syndergaard's rehab stint was as much about the blister as it was him just trying to figure out what's going on with him. Um, you know, it's a trade useful for useful. And I should say, I shouldn't say useful, but I should say areas of need in the roster. The Dodgers needed an infielder that could hit 
lefties to get better at, and the Guardians needed a warm body to pitch. So the trade gets made now because of, of the time of year. Both teams finally moving in different directions on the, each of these players and where their season's going. Um, but that the Guardians don't know where their season's going. They did win on thir- on Wednesday. They are two games back. The Twins didn't lose. So we said the other day they were four out. And we didn't know what direction this team was going to be headed in. They're two back, and the Twins, unfortunately, do get the Royals this week, uh, a three-game series. So they, the Guardians will have to keep up the strong strong streak in, in Chicago to keep pace with the Twins. But uh, I think now is just the time. Uh, looks like the Guardians, this is just coming in right now as I'm recording. Oscar Gonzalez is coming up to take Ahmed Rosario's roster spot tomorrow. So we'll see what the move is Friday for a starter if they decide to go to another bullpen game. So Oscar Gonzalez also back on Thursday in Chicago uh, as part of this trade. We still have to get into the Royals game. I still want to talk about Syndergaard a little bit, and we don't have much time left in the podcast. As I said yesterday, they want to keep us at 30 minutes as much as they can with this new uh, content avenue we are going to soon. Um, when Jeff gets back, we will start getting back into bonus episodes again. But we got a lot more to cover, not a lot of time left, and we will get everything we can here uh, in just a moment on Lockdown Guardians. All right, so we know uh, Guardians and White Sox Thursday night, 810 from Chicago. Uh, listen to all the action as the Guardians no longer have a Met Rosario, and now they're calling up Oscar Gonzalez again uh, at 810 on your Sirius XN app. Just search for the Guardians. All right, real quickly, Noah Syndergaard has not been good since it's been a while. It's the last time Noah Syndergaard was useful. Uh, I shouldn't say last time. He was somewhat useful last year. He did have a in the ERA south of four. He had a whip of 125, which is, you know, it's not great, but I've seen worse. He threw a lot of strikes. He threw 134 innings. That's something. He was on a contender last year. He brought back Mickey Moniak in the trade, so he had more value last year. He had none this year. The last time Thor was Thor, though, was 2018. He, well, okay, 2019, he threw 197 innings, but he struck and he struck out more than a batter per inning. He had a 4280 ERA. Whip was kind of high. He gave up a lot of runs. Um, 2021, you know, he, he was missed all 2020. He was not good in 2022. He gave a three. He only pitched eight innings. Struck out less than a, a batter in inning. You know, it's been a while since Thor has been Thor. He is not the pitcher he used to be. What he what he can do is throw strikes. This is a guy who's walked nine batters in 55 innings this year. He walked 31 in 134 innings a year ago. So he's not going to walk the bases loaded. Um, he may not have a 30-pitch inning the way that uh, uh, Gavin Williams did on Wednesday. We'll still fit that in here a little bit. So... The Guardians do tend to have success with strike throwers. They have helped guys throw harder before. Noah Syndergaard has that in there. He is 30 years old. I think he'll be 31 here. Uh, yeah, next month he'll be 31. Uh, his fastball velocity has gone down every year over the last couple of seasons. So if that, I, I don't know if the Guardians have enough time to help him find regain what he has lost in that term, but. If they do have, if they do move Syndergaard back in the right direction at all, that might be their biggest rec- reclamation project ever. It's t- it's one and a half months. 
and he's been pretty awful. If the Guardians somehow turn him into a useful starter, it's their it's their best reclamation project ever. I don't know what they'll do with him. Um, I don't see anything on there. Like I, I would say, throw the sinker a lot less. Yeah, sinker was his primary pitch. Can they get him to throw his secondaries a little bit more? Uh, you know, he used to have a very good, uh, very good curveball. He used to have a great changeup. He has kind of gotten away from using the slider in the last couple of years. Can they bring the slider back? A lot of things there. Uh, I don't know if they have enough time to do all that with him, but you know, an option here to potentially get a useful starter and. What this says, too, if he's going to start for them, no Plesak, no Gaddis, no Cantillo. Uh, don't want to go back to that route. Cody Morris threw 46 pitches in AAA on Wednesday. They're trying to stretch him out a little bit. They keep going with bullpen games. So they said they wanted an innings guy the rest of the year. They feel like Syndergaard can give him that, and we'll see if they can turn him into anything. If not, he is just an innings leader, and it's a placeholder. And you see what happens for the next month or so with him. It doesn't look pretty, um, but you know, maybe there are some signs there. They feel like they can fix something with him or it was just a, a deal where they could even out the cash and get somebody who can throw innings for them because that's what they needed. Um, but, you know, hey, if it's a team that can turn them around, maybe it's maybe it's the Guardians. Uh, imagine telling a Mets fan in 2016 about this trade. Noah Syndergaard was a big part of the Mets World Series run and that Rosario was a big-time prospect for them at that time. And oof, things have gone very south for them in the last few years. Okay. Uh, this game on Wednesday, the Guardians, for the first time, as I said, all year, uh, were able to win a third straight series. That's the first time they've done that all year. The Mariners handled the Twins, so the Guardians moved the two games back in the Central. That is good news because the Guardians have to face the White Sox, who Lance Lynn is pitching tonight for them, and he may be traded after that. Who knows? Um, in that series, too, by the way, we have Tanner Bybee on Thursday, so you're getting off to a good note. You're throwing your best pitcher. On Thursday, Dylan Cease, they are throwing their best pitcher. Friday, Lucas Giolito for the White Sox, the Guardians, TBD. I don't know if it'll be Noah Syndergaard. We'll see. Logan Allen goes for the White's, or the Guardians on Saturday and Aaron Savali on Sunday. What We'll see if that's his um, last spot. Noah Syndergaard is going to join the Guardians in Chicago tomorrow. He will throw a bullpen session, could join the rotation after that, but it will not be Friday. It probably won't be him Friday. We'll see. Unlikely it's him on Friday. Um, tough outing for Gavin Williams. You no, know, he pitched good. I will give him credit. He got out of some tough jams early. Uh, he had a 30-pitch inning. Um, his first inning was interesting. He, you know, is still battling that blister, it looks like, a little bit. The control was kind of up and down, and he was getting a lot of balls fouled off. The velocity was down in the first inning. It rebounded. Um, even he even threw a three-two changeup to Massey, which he Michael Massey, which he fouled off, and I was like, wow, he threw like three straight fastballs to Michael Massey on three-two. He had a long battle with Massey, and then he went out and threw a changeup, and I'm like, you just threw like two fastballs on a row to him three-two, and you get you know really ballsy out there throwing a changeup, which is not Williams' best pitch at all, three-two, and he ended up blocking him, but it's fine. I thought it was an interesting outing for him. They pulled him early because of the pitch count, because of the blister. Um, went to the bullpen. Obviously, a good day for the offense. Jose Ramirez, three for four with a pair of home runs. Jose Ramirez passes Hal Trotsky for 11th place in franchise history with home runs. Uh, home run number one was 759. Home run number two, was, uh, that can't be right. So it's 760. I don't think Jose Ramirez has 760 home runs. Let me double check that stat. I think that was a, a bad tweet somewhere or, or a tweet that I 
uh, might have misread. Yeah, that would be run score. That was run 759 uh, and run 760, not home run <laughs> 760. That would be that'd be quite interesting. Uh, still a good day from Jose Ramirez. Good to see that. That pitch that that uh, Alec Marsh threw down threw down the middle was going to be hit out of the ballpark by anybody. Great day for David Fry. That was awesome to see. I know everyone was kind of like up in arms about Bo Naylor not playing. Um, I told you guys, day game after night game, I think you should be happy that it wasn't Cam Gallagher playing and David Fry, it's a home run. Look, every day is Friday. Every day is Friday. Friday, Fry should play every day. Uh, is he going to play less now with Oscar Gonzalez coming up? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, that would be disappointing, truthfully, the way David Fry has played. But I think I think that Cam Gallagher's days here are kind of numbered. As I know, you know, defensively that he is the best catcher of the three right now. But the way those two guys are hitting, I think they have to play every day. And the other question here now is who gets the most starts to shortstop? Is it Freeman? Is it Arias? Do you move Andre Semenis to shortstop? I am guessing that uh, they will probably split time with Arias and Freeman. And Jimenez will stay at second base because they're not going to want to upset the balance there and uh, make too many changes at once. I wouldn't be surprised if Jimenez gets some time at, at shortstop, but I think you will see a split amount of time between Arias and Freeman. Uh, other concern I would say, though, is the bullpen on for, on Wednesday. Uh, Nick Salen allowed a run. He was kind of shaky, and Eli Morgan walked a batter and gave up two hits. Michael Kelly allowed a run. Xavier Curry allowed a run. So bullpen had to pitch, and it was a, it was a blowout, and they gave some runs, so it was fine. They got through it. A little bit concerning there, so we'll see. Um, got They got Tanner Bybee on Thursday. Hopefully that can um, – Lessen the need for. I know they didn't throw their best relievers, but still, always shaky to see that with the way the bullpen's been lately. We'll see who's starting at shortstop on on Thursday in Chicago. We'll see who's in the lineup overall. We will see what the Guardians have to say about Noah Syndergaard, no more Ahmed Rosario. Um, we'll see if the Guardians are more active with the trading deadline after this comes up. Thank you all for listening, for downloading, rating, reviewing. It helps. Please leave us a review wherever you can, and we'll end the podcast. Go, go, Guardians, go.